Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Coachcast, episode 17. I'm one of your hosts, Dave. Hey, I'm Ben. Today we're going to be talking about grassroots referees. The main concept of this podcast is to discuss coaching youth football or soccer at the grassroots level. Ben and I both coach under tens teams. Ben coaches the boys and I coach the girls. Each week we'll look to choose a different topic to cover and discuss our experiences, both good and bad, and any advice that we may have. Ultimately, we're looking to get this content out there and hopefully help other people who are coaching at this level. So Ben... The last time we spoke, you were just about to go into a tournament. So how did that go? Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, we came runners up actually, which kind of surpassed all my expectations. So it's been a, I've kind of been buzzing off that really since Sunday. Um, it was just fantastic. It was a great, it, it was one that I, I was really keen that we gave a good account of ourselves because it was a nine aside tournament and there's not many of those around. Most team, most, most tournaments are entering a, five, six, seven aside. So nine aside is perfect. Obviously, preparation for next year. Got to watch a load of games, uh, see how other teams lined up, how they approached it. Got the chance that because there's so many games in a short space of time, you could experiment a little bit, which I did. Um, But in terms of how we did, it was just, it was great. And we had two groups of six. Um, We had a pretty tough group. We had... We're in Division 5 and we had a team from Division 1, team from Division 2, uh, one from our division and one from Division 7. But but they're a new team, this Division 7 team. And we've played them before and they beat us. Um, and they're in a false... They got put in like us low down because we were a new team this year. But they're, they're way too good for that division. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a tough game as well. And then one team didn't turn up. So we actually only had five, five teams. Um, so they extended the games to 15 minutes straight through. And top two go through to the semis. So we lost lost the first game to the Division 1 team. Uh, it was nil-nil with about three minutes left and we got given against us a ridiculous penalty, which I really wasn't very happy about. <laughs> um, so my guy was on the floor and you could see him trying to... He had his arms sort of like behind his head trying to not handball it. You could see he was desperately trying to get his hands away. And I think somebody just booted the ball at him and he uh, he couldn't get out of the way and the ref gave a penalty. So... And they scored, and then they got another one straight away. So it was a bit demoralising. I was, we'll come onto it in a bit with referees, but it's probably the first <laughs> time I've ever, first time I've ever actually gone to a referee after a game and had a word with them about it because I was yeah. so annoyed about it. You could hear the parents kicking off as well, which I didn't particularly like. I don't like them doing that, but um, yeah, yeah, they were the better team, so they might have won it anyway. But um, then we played the Division Two team and we beat them one nil, which is a great result. Then we played the team in our division and beat them 4-0. That was an eight-a-side because one of, one of their players started crying said he didn't want to play before the game. Um, and then he had nine players, so we had to do eight-a-side and we played really well in that game. And then we played on paper the what, what should have been the easiest game uh, against the Division 7 team. And they're actually local rivals to ours. They, they play just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're really big and physical. Um, and they they do like to give you a bit of a kick in. They sort of play, yeah, on, the right. edge of it. They play on the edge of what I would deem fair. A bit of a, a crazy of... gang thing going on, is it? Uh, do you know what? They are very much... I actually said that to some of, the, <laughs> some of my dads down there. I said that it's a bit like Wimbledon from the 80s. There's definitely that vibe about them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, well, they had this guy, this kid at the back, and he was... Oh, he was absolutely flying into tackles, you know, almost like, you know, like the scissor tackles. Yeah. yeah. That. And at one point, he's so overzealous, he actually took one of his own players out. It was hilarious. He came flying in from nowhere, missed the the, the opposition, and he just <laughs> took his took his big stopper out. <laughs> it was like, it was huge as well. And it's, it just went flying. And, and when we played them, it was a nil-nil draw. And I'm not joking, we were absolutely terrible. It was our worst performance of the day. And it was almost like we kind of, you know, when players are expect, you know, when you expect to get kicked up the backside when you've yeah, got the ball. Yeah. So, you, so you sort of release it quickly and you panic a bit. And you, it was like that all the way through. And I'd said before the game, just relax, you know, brother. But 
it was terrible. I don't know what happened to us. We we sort of held on for a nil-nil. We actually scored right at the end and it was offside and their manager gave it offside because we didn't have linesmen. Um, so, of course, their manager was like, oh, no, he was offside, he was offside. I was like, how could you possibly see he was offside? <laughs> and after the game, he was like, oh, no, I, I did see it, mate. I was in line with it and he was off. And I thought, and it, was yeah, a yeah. From, it was a scramble from the corner. So there's players everywhere. So I was just like, oh, whatever. <clears throat> so we got seven points for four games. And we, it came down to the last game and it was the first division team against the second division team. And the second division team had to win to finish above us. And they lost 2-0. So right. into the semis by a point in second place. Um, and we played in the semis, we were playing a team who won four and drew one of their group games. And they were basically on fire. And then um, we won that one nil, which was uh, pretty pretty special. Probably my my most special moment as a coach, I would say, so far. It was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and we scored. I think there was twenty seconds to go when we scored. So I, got, I did do a bit of a clop down the touchline. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. And, and prior to that, they they should have had, they thought they should have had a penalty leading up to the goal. So their managers were sort of going a bit crazy on the touchline. Then we broke away another three on one. And it's one of those, the ball got played across to to Raf, who's Stu's son. And it's one of those, you know, the ball's, it's kind of almost going away from you. So you've got to sort of catch up to the ball because it's, it's going past you. Yeah, yeah. And it was like slow motion. And it was like he was in quicksand. He was running so slowly to this ball. <laughs> I was like, is he going to get it? Is he going to get it? And he got his foot to it. And he just sort of wrong-footed the keeper and put it past the keeper the opposite direction. Oh, I just went crazy. And then the, the ref literally blew. <laughs> Probably 15 seconds later, he blew the whistle. So it would have gone to penalties. And who knows what, what would have happened. But um, it was a great moment. And it was our home ground. So all the parents clapped the players off and cheered them off. And... The kids were absolutely buzzing about it. I've never seen them so excited about winning a game. So, yeah. so, so that was it for me. I, I just wanted to get to the semis, really. So I wasn't. So to get to the final was just unbelievable. And then we, unfortunately, we lost one 0 to another one of our teams at the club who we've played before a couple of times and got a hammering. So they're, they're the best team by far, probably in our. Well, they're one of the best teams in the Surrey Youth League. So. It was always going to be tough, but we played really well again. We had two great chances we didn't take, and we probably edged it in terms of how we played. So we were a bit unlucky, but I didn't really care at that point. I was just really pleased we got runners up. We got some nice medals and took pitch to the kids after. They were all really excited. So it was just a brilliant day. Absolutely loved it. Really, really. Yeah. So it's only downhill from here now, I would think. <laughs> that's the spirit <laughs> so I mean what what would you well actually I'll, I'll ask you what your key learnings are in a sec but I'm actually interested in that that team that you beat in the semi-final yeah because of my experience in the in the semi-final uh, <laughs> the week before so they went in it sounded like they were absolutely flying do, do yeah. you think they would maybe a little bit flat or, or do you think you guys just well, played so well? Yeah, so I mean, they, they actually beat the team that won the whole tournament 3-1 in the group stage, um, which was, I remember Terry, the manager, said, oh, we just lost 3-1 to them. And I was like, what? God, I couldn't really believe it. Um, I, don't, I mean, they played, we had a longer rest than they did, but I don't think it was really that. I mean, it was a really hot day and, we finished before them because we had obviously one team dropped out. So we got probably about 10 minutes longer rest, but we didn't immediately play them after their final group game. We gave them sort of 10, 15 minute rest. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think, I think sometimes I kind of underestimate our team and how good we can be when we play well. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're bad, like the final group game, we were drew nil nil. We were, we were absolutely shocking. And you wouldn't think if you'd watched us in the next game, that it was the same team. It was bizarre. Um, I don't know. I just think we played really well. It was as simple as that. Because it was one of those. After I just I didn't expect us to necessarily win that game, but after sort of six seven minutes went by, and I thought, well, we're doing all right, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just think in that format, when you've got a twelve almost fifteen minute game, but I think you've just got there's more chance of weird results. I think when it's yeah, yeah. because you've just got to hang in there, haven't you? And invariably, you'll probably get a chance which is what happened with us and we took it. Um, but I think we did, we were the better team, but I think that 
the quicker format gives you, I don't know, maybe you're, I don't, I don't know. I was thinking about it throughout the day about the results that some teams had. And there were a few strange results across both groups, but I don't know. I just think if we'd played them over 30 minutes each way, it may have been different. But I think in that 15 minutes, because we were up for it and I think we were just relaxed because we didn't expect to get to the semis and it just probably helped us really. Yeah. I, I, it's just interesting because I, like I say, for our semi final, I, I just felt like we didn't turn up and we didn't do ourselves justice. Everything was just flat yeah. and I can't really explain it. Um, well, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, probably we just need to get to more semi-finals, and I'll have more data points to compare with. Um, but I, it, it's it's not troubling me, but but it is playing on my mind because you think you think as a coach, don't you? Well, what could I do differently? You know, did we go in too relaxed? Did we go in not relaxed enough? You know, we were too on edge. I, I, I I'm a little bit at a loss. How did they seem before the game? Did you notice any? Were they quite chilled out? Or? No, they they were quite excited that they, they'd been in the they'd been in the semi final. So, yeah, I mean, we got through uh, with a penalty shootout <laughs> as well. Maybe and if you, post, yeah, if, yeah, if you were to put a gun to my head, I, I would think it was <laughs> probably just that come down from the elation of of winning the penalty shootouts. That's I don't know if that's it, but mm. if I was to hazard a guess right now, that, that's the only thing I can really think. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I'm, yeah, it's probably, I think, because we were just so amazed we got to the final, I just don't think anyone was, wouldn't say they weren't bothered, but I mean, when we lost it, nobody was really upset. I think because it being such a great, that semi was just the highlight of the day for me. And it was kind of, it was almost like you couldn't top it, even if we'd won it. Mm-hmm. Which sounds weird. I mean, it probably would have. We I probably would have felt differently had we won it. But I think just nobody really expected us to a get in the semis, b get to the final. So to win the way we did, right at the death, was just it was just a brilliant moment. And I just really genuinely wasn't bothered about the final and to the point I was talking to him before the game, and I was almost almost like I oh, just go out and lose the game. I'm not bothered. Which is, <laughs> it's a wrong thing to say because I, in the end I was saying, no, do you know what? You can win this. It's only 15 minutes. Anything can happen. But yeah. just enjoy it. Just relax. You've surpassed everybody's expectations. I'm not trying to build it up into this amazing, like we've won the World Cup. But I think for the in terms of the team bonding, because we've got the new players involved now for next season, it was it was the first time one of them had played with us, and it was just great to see how they all enjoyed it together with the new players, and they've knitted together really well. And we did it with our main striker as well. We've only got our main out-and-out striker who, if he'd been there, I think we may even have won won it, possibly, because there were a couple of chances I thought we'd have had fallen to him. You know, we, that might have been different. But So that so it was really... I got so much out of it and so much enthusiasm for next season, thinking, wow, I think we can really do well next year because we've played quite a few teams now post-season from a lot higher level than us. And we've not really been... Outclass. We've looked, we've had a couple of beatings, but then we haven't. We've not been outplayed massively, and we've kind of held our own. So I've taken loads out of it, and yeah, loads of learnings. I mean, God. So, of... I mean, what would you say your your key learnings were? Because I, I think before I was saying, well, probably I'd be tempted because of the short games. Mm. I'd be tempted to focus on the outer possession to make sure that we don't concede. And then hit teams on the break. Yeah. Um, so, so even maybe surrender a bit of possession, you know. So let let teams come forward <laughs> and then lure them in, and then and then hit them on the break there. So, and you, I think you were saying, you know, you'd you'd be tempted to go a bit more, a bit more gung ho. So, so yeah. what what do you think now? Well, weirdly, that when we won that semi, that was. Exactly like just what you said, because we had a three-on-one and they just basically, I don't know if it's because it was the end of the game and they didn't want to get a penalty, but they committed everybody forward and we broke away mm-hmm. three-on-one. It was probably more by accident than design. But yeah, the first game I played, a, I, played I was quite cautious. I played three-four-one. That was mainly because I knew they were a really good team and they were. Mm-hmm. But 
what what and they had a lot of the ball and we kind of we did well to keep them out so we were pretty well organized but in terms of creativity we didn't really create anything because they played three defenders and we had one striker against three defenders and we just couldn't get the ball to him and he's not really an out and out striker he's more of a link player so I'd I'd see mm-hmm. him as a number t- as a number 10 yeah he's he's got great awareness and great touch and he brings a lot of people into play so he found it really difficult so after that I then w- I was a bit more going on I played I think I played I generally played a 3-3-2 which I'd never done before and I thought mm-hmm. well let's I'll try it and it kind of turned into a 2-4-2 when we had the ball and we were attacking so one of one of my defenders he loved bombing forward probably a bit too much so <laughs> and so did I you ma- I always made sure that first game I always made sure we had two strikers or 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 somebody playing just off a striker so I played a kind of I suppose a 2-4 one one if you want to get all technical, but it wasn't that technical. Yeah. But I was trying to get I was trying to say to somebody, look, play near the striker, but play just slightly behind him so you can mm-hmm. so they've got somebody else to sort of worry about and maybe pull another defender a bit further up the pitch to try and create a bit more room for him. But like I said, if our main striker had been there who was very, very quick, it would have been maybe a bit easier for us. But this Caden who played up front, he's not lightning fast. So he was never going to sort of break away from people and you couldn't put a through ball for him to run onto, but mm-hmm. but I always made sure he had some support because he really struggled the first game, which is my fault because I left him up there on his own. Um, but I always, after that, it was basically a three-three-two. I played in the rest of the games, um, which is a bit yeah, not risky because I suppose you've only got one central midfielder, but because you've got the three defenders, it gives you a bit more insurance, I suppose. Yeah. So, did you get the tactics board out? No, I didn't actually. So uh, I didn't and, have it in there. I, I put it in. I put it to the top of my bag. I thought I'll get this out and show them. And in the end, I didn't. No, I so thought that, I've got it was too much organising to do. I think when I got there, and and everything. So I just completely forgot about it. But no, you're right. I didn't. I didn't get it out. So uh, and again, I ask because uh, in our. I, I mean, I use the last tournaments as a real uh, petri dish of just trying out different things, mm. um, but. I think the the very first game, I did want to try quite a narrow formation. So we normally play like a two three one, uh, you know. So so seven aside, and or, or a two one three, you know, if we're being quite gung ho. But I wanted to try a two two one one, and yeah. I got the I got the board out and everything. I didn't just uh didn't just explain it. I tried to get the girls to understand through questions. Um, but when we played that game, they just hadn't got it. And I, I said at the time, you know, that's that's on me. I obviously just didn't didn't get it across right. My two narrow central midfielders interpreted it as they were right and left midfielders. <laughs> So yeah. it, it just absolutely didn't work, and so I'll have to try try something different. I mean, for the for the following games, we just went back to the same formation, but playing around with players within that formation, and and it it seemed like a, a comfortable shoe for them. So yeah. I thought, well, let's play around with the positions, but we'll keep the formation the same. Yeah. So it's just interesting. So you just you just gave them the instruction. Three, three, two. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, pr- pretty much. And it was kind of because I only had sort of ten, fifteen minutes between games. So I was just kind of like, right, we'll do. We'll try three, three, two. So the, the three at the back's pretty. They're pretty comfortable with that. And I just said, just play a bit narrow. I said, don't play the full width of the pitch. Just come in a little bit. Um, and to be honest, that I kind of let them figure a lot of it out themselves, really, because we just mm-hmm. haven't had time to work on anything. So. And that was the encouraging part. They all kind of seemed to get it. Obviously, there were times that we didn't trap back well enough and everything like that. But generally, yeah. they, they kind of coped with it really well. And I started seeing some really nice football and little things I've been trying to get them to do. Like, if a player's in the corner, near the corner flag, don't just all wait in the box for a cross. Get behind him and support him. And I saw a lot of that as well. Um, so it was good. It was good. And it was kind of encouraging to see they've started figuring things out as well for themselves and... And this is without still really not any training at all. 
to be honest. We've had one training session in probably 10 weeks. So, um, yeah, it's well done to them, really, because they've really stepped up. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Thursday we've got training. We're going to start finally working on some nine-a-side nuances like goal kicks and breaking the offside trap and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. I hope we'll keep improving, but... Yeah, it was good. We've got another one on Saturday, but that's the six aside, so that's just going to be a bit of fun. Yeah, we'll don't forget setting the offside trap as well, the old Arsenal back four style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've, got, I've got one practice lined up with zoned off and trying to get them all in a line and working together, so we'll see how it goes. Cool. So should we, should we move on to our subject of this week? Yeah, let's do it. First of all, at your club, do you what happens with the referees? Have you got like do does the home team appoint a ref, or how does it work for you guys? So generally, it's on the home side. Now, not sure if it's just because we're the girls' team, or you know, we're one of the newer teams. I think a lot of the time we have to sort it out ourselves. So I know for some of the other teams, they seem to have the proper refs in and everything. Whereas yeah. we seem to have to have, you know, volunteers and other parents. I found myself doing it once or twice. <laughs> but it is on the it is on the home side. Is that the same for you? Yeah, we have well, we have um the club um appoints refs for all our home games, so we get allocated a referee. Uh, ah, and okay. they're all they're all tend to be sort of fifteen to eighteen year olds who want to be refs and they get paid I think it's 15 quid, 15, 20 quid a game. So it's quite good for them. If you're doing three, four games in a day, so they can earn a few quid, but they're all, they're all signed up or enrolled on referee courses. So I think they only, they only get them involved if they are committed to actually being a ref. So it's not just only Tom, Dick or Harry who comes on to do it. So. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, absolutely, God bless these guys because we can't play the game without them. But by God, I can't think of anything worse <laughs> certainly when i was that age <laughs> than to sign up to to try and be a referee i, I might have to edit that bit out but <laughs> that's, that's honestly how i feel i mean we've been to some clubs this season or last season that's finished um and yeah it has it has been you know some oh yeah he's a dad or one of the lads or whatever who's done it and i don't mm-hmm. particularly I don't particularly. I think in our, I think the rules in our league are you've got to have a proper referee. It shouldn't be, you know, a parent or somebody associated with the team or something. Right, like that. right. So a couple of people have done that, um, and we were on. We have been on the end of a couple of dodgy things because of that. Um, so that's never ideal. But yeah, generally speaking, I think the rules are in our league. You have to have a proper referee appointed for a game. Um, but our club, yeah, do. They are proper referees, and you know they, they range in terms of how good they are. Then none of them are, are terrible, but some are quiet and a bit more inhibited, and some are really, really good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it does, it does, it does vary. Yeah, I mean, I, they're just people at the end of the day, aren't they? So you know, they're not robots. Come off the off the production line. Yeah. What's your experience been of <clears throat> of how? Um, the other parents have, have interacted and the other coaches interacted with those referees? Um, that's a good question. I would say generally it's fine. Um, I mean, at our club, it, it's basically just not tolerated if you start shouting at referees, any mm-hmm. parents. Um, we have respect, I don't know if you have, do you have respect marshals? Uh, not, so we have a, we have a respect line Okay. Um, and we've spoken about that before, you know, so I'll put that out or, or the head coach will put that yeah. out before the match and get all the parents to stand stand behind yeah. that line. Yeah, so we have, uh, if we've got a game at our club or a home match, uh, we have to have a respect, we have to have a respect marshal who basically just, basically just wears a high-vis jacket with respect marshal on it, which all the parents, so I get a parent I rotate that amongst the parents every home game and they don't particularly like it. But the idea behind it is if if the referee's getting called out by parents or managers or whatever, 
he can go and speak to the respect marshal and complain if you like um and then they can basically I don't know what really they can do. <laughs> I think the reality is probably very little. Exactly. And I've spoken to people at the club and said, oh, what's this respect martial stuff all about? And they're like, yeah, it's just a daft rule the club have because they've got very little power. I mean, ultimately, the yeah, the referee could go and say, look, I'm not going to referee the game anymore. I'm just telling you, I'm reporting it to you as an independent person. I'm not comfortable with what's going on, so I'm going to, call the game off that's kind of the thinking behind it yeah yeah and I've, I've been very guilty of not allocating a respect marshal when i got we got an email telling us all off for not having respect marshals at home games right right it's a bit, of, it's a bit ridiculous i've never seen it i don't really see it at any away games to be honest but the club are quite big on it which is fair enough and i think it's good i, I can see why they're trying to do it because they're trying to give the referee somebody to go to if they're uncomfortable about getting grief in a match which is which I guess is correct, but um, at our club, it's just, I think we're, we're kind of lucky because it's a, a football ground and it's got terraces. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. So so parents aren't that close to the pitch. They're kind of behind. They can go to the side, w- one side of the pitch and watch it, but they're still quite a way away from the action. And even behind the goals, they're not that close. Whereas obviously you go to a park and they're sort of like three yards away from the players. Um, whereas our, our, if we're playing on our home pitch on the 3G, the parents aren't that close to the referee. So I guess there's a bit mm-hmm. more, they're probably a bit more comfortable, I guess, in that environment because the crowd aren't on top of them shouting stuff. Um, but anyway, it's just not tolerated at our ground. But parents still do it when they did it on Sunday. When we had that penalty given against us. One of the dads who's a bit loud anyway, he was like, oh, ref, come on, how's he supposed to get out of the way of that? Um, so I've had particular parents on our side who, do get a bit vocal at refs and I do tell them not to do it because I don't particularly like it. I don't like the parents having a go at referees because I, I try not to do it as well. Um, cause I was, like you said, it's, you know, they're kids for the most part. Mm-hmm. Just got to let them learn. I think you should, I think at the same time you do have to expect them to be at a certain level. Cause if they are putting themselves through that and they're getting paid to do it, I do think they should be pretty competent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've got a couple that we've had who are very, like I said, they're very, very quiet and they don't, you know, they barely blow the whistle. They don't really say what they're blowing the whistle for. And that just makes everybody get frustrated because you don't know what they're blowing for. Um, and they can be slow to blow the whistle. And it's sometimes when a parent shouts and moans that they might then mm-hmm. blow the whistle. So it's just building up that confidence, I guess, to be firmer and be more, have more conviction. So for these referees, I mean, are you asked feedback about them? Yeah, we have to, I, I, I don't know if you guys have to do it. We have to fill out a an online match report after the game, which we send back to our, our Surrey Youth League. We have to fill out um, a match report where you, you basically put the score down, who scored, who played. Um, and there is a ref, quite a bit on referees. So you have to put the name of the referee so they have a designated list of refs, which is why I said mm-hmm. they're quite big on having properly appointed refs. Um, do have they got the right kit on? Were they briefed? Did they turn up with all this, that, and the other? You know, so it's quite yeah. it's quite detailed, and you give them a score out of a hundred. Um, and if you score them below fifty, I think then there's they do like a big not a big investigation, but they you know they contact you and. Try try to find out why you've scored the referee so low and all this that and the other. So unofficially, the guidance is I'll never give them below fifty because it just you just get called into answering all these questions on it and stuff. So, <laughs> so you, you don't get a section to write. You know, oh, the referee was a bit too quiet, or he gave a dodgy. You know, none of that. You just give them a score, which is kind of I don't know. I mean, I think that is as useless as a. Chocolate teapot, Chocolate quite teapot. honestly. Yeah, it is. And it you'd be better off having a section, just how was the referee's performance in general? And you could write a few words. I think that would be more beneficial. You know, you could say, I, well, either a few quiet. words or have some, have four or five different scores. So, yeah. How did the ref communicate? You know, exactly. did he control the game? There's different aspects to the way each referee approaches the game, isn't it? You can't just have one linear scale. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Between one and a hundred, 
Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Even <laughs> yeah, 67, uh, yeah, 78, not... 43. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, I pretty much put 90 on every one or maybe 80. I do an 80 or 90. That's pretty much all I do. So yeah. it's kind of like my 8 or 9 out of 10. Basically. Exactly. Just have 1 to 10. 1 to 5 even. It is, and it's kind of like, but it's like when I got told don't do it below 50 because, but I'm like, but if the referee's been absolutely shocking and, and cost us a cup tie, through being biased or not a proper ref, why should they be allowed to get away with it? And they kind of do because you can't, unless you wrote an email to the secretary and said, look, this ref's done this, this and this. There's no real feedback. Um, but also, you're not helping that referee improve. Well, no, of course you're not. Of course you're not. Um, and I would comment to our club, to our general manager, I would say, I would go to him personally because he's he kind of arranges all the referees and contacts them. So he's he's sourcing the referees for the club. So obviously we can feed back to him on the referees we have, but it's ultimately useless for any opposition refs because all you all they'll get is a score, and that's it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is kind of pointless, but you know it is a bit flawed that whole referee thing. It it seems to me that it's it's just paying lip service. You know, it's like, yeah, we we constantly assess the referees, but like I say, it's it's on it's on a linear scale, one to a hundred. I, I just don't think that that's going to help them. It doesn't, and it's interesting because we've got um, I don't know how many refs we use at the club. It's probably at our age group or under 10s last year, I think we had four or five that the club would use and a couple of them were girls and the the spectrum between them both is really interesting because one of them was really, really quiet and really timid. Um, and one of my friends who manages a, a younger age group there, he actually phoned me up because he saw in the fixtures that week that we had this particular ref and he said, so I bet I'm just letting you know, we had this ref the other week and she's really, really timid and really, mm-hmm. nerv- really nervous. He said, mm-hmm. I just want to let you know. He said, he said, I actually spoke to her off the game and said, look, he said, it doesn't matter what decision you make, whether it's right or wrong, but you've got to make a decision and be really firm and believe in the decision you're making because otherwise people are just going to be a bit bemused and bewildered and... Yeah, get on your case because they don't think you're refereeing the game properly. Even if it's a wrong decision, just be firm and go, no, I've given it because of this. So he sort of warned me about her in advance. And she's a really lovely girl, but yeah, she was so quiet in this game. You know, barely ran around and didn't speak to the players. Sort of barely blew the whistle and was really quiet when she said what she'd given it for. And it doesn't help anybody, really. Well, Uh, (laughs) Letting the game flow, just just to be devil's advocate. Oh, I don't. Well, we had her in another game, and um, one of the opposition players. Every time we had a th- we had a throw, or there was or there was a throw in, he was he was grabbing our players, and he was he was yanking them out of the way. You know, he's like pulling their shirt and pulling them away from the ball. Right, Brilliant right. Fouls, and she and she didn't do anything about it. And I almost went and spoke to her at half time, and I thought, well, I'm not going to bother because their parents will start moaning that I'm influencing the ref. But it was just like that. And there was a few other meaty tackles flying in. She didn't give a single free kick. Mm, yeah, yeah. Thing. She was almost too scared to make a decision. So the game just sort of went on around her and she didn't mm-hmm. really influence it at all because she just didn't do anything. And yeah. Because you think, you know, I'm I'm paying you £15 for refereeing this game, which I mean, we claim it back, but she's getting paid pretty good money. And you're kind of like, part of you thinks, I know she's learning and finding it a bit nerve-wracking and everything, but if you're putting yourself in that position, you've got to really step up a little bit and start learning and being more firm because otherwise there's no point you doing it. So it's a kind of a, it's a you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, again, I, I can't get off this. I, I need to move on from it. But so, you know, she'll get a score back. It'll be... 73. Well, I, don't even, right. I, don't, I don't even think Brilliant. she'll get fed back the score. I don't even think they feed back to the refs, to be honest. All uh, right. Yeah, that's even worse then, isn't it? Um, it is exactly. And it's not like, it's not like even our club, even our club should probably have a sit down with all of us as managers and say, 
you know, what's your feedback on the refs? Because they should know. Because we're the ones who are dealing with them every week. I think there should mm-hmm. be some sort of feedback process, good or bad, so they can learn from it. Because otherwise, they're never going to learn, are they? Because who's assessing? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know if they get assessed or anything like that. I've got no idea. But the the reality is, even if they're assessed, like, you know, every 10, 20, 40 games or something, mm. that's, that's just one, you know, you, it's like the players, isn't it? You can have one great game, you can have one terrible game. Yeah. You know, if, if you're getting the managers and coaches' feedback consistently over the season, yeah. I think I think that's really how you're going to help uh, the referees grow and and learn. Absolutely, I think I've never been asked since I've been there to give any feedback on the refs, like from the club um, who appoint our refs. Um, I've had informal chats with the manager, general manager, if you've been hanging around, and I've said mm-hmm. I've actually praised some of the referees we've had because there's one girl that we have in refs. She's absolutely amazing, brilliant. She she's really firm. She talks to the players all through the games, tells them she's only a sixteen year old kid, but she's absolutely amazing. She's the best ref I've had down there. You know, she runs around, she'll she's if there's a slight thing that's not right, throw him, whatever, she'll pull him up on it. It's absolutely superb. She's and it's I think that's that's the bar. So I so you're compare I'm comparing people to her that are who are the club are appointing and, and she is way, way, way ahead of everybody else. At a similar age, she's so good. So you yeah. get her one. Of course, you get that one week, then you get one who's the one I've just spoken about, and you kind of like you just get frustrated because they're not refereeing the game, and they, and things go unpunished that should be punished. Mm-hmm. You know, bad tackles, people not taking throw-ins properly, all this sort of stuff. Especially when you're going to offsides and all this, all this kind of thing next year, because you're going to have parents running the line, and you know some of them are going to probably cheat because it's just the way it is. Um, and that's where you need a referee who's going to be really firm and go, no, do you know what? I'm overruling you, blah, blah, blah. And you can just see how it's going to go next year. There's all, I'm sure there's going to be loads of incidents where, you know, if a parent's team's losing 1-0, yeah. there's going to be the flag going up when it shouldn't be and all this. You know, you're sort of prepared for that. But that's my sort of concern about the refs is, is are they kind of up to the task of coping with that sort of stuff going on? I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably why no one's bothered about helping the referees grow because football's about footballers generally, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is good that the, the club only have refs if they're on a course, which is good. So all the refs yeah. they have are going to, you know, they're committed to doing it and and stuff. But and it, and it, of course, it must be intimidating if you're a 16 year old kid and you've got parents shouting at you and stuff. It can't be, it can't be nice. Um, but also, mm. I. Th- I feel really strongly that the managers and the coaches have got a big part to play in that as well. And I've seen some games where the the managers are just on the ref all the time and it does my head in. I've seen it a few times in games we've played and literally from the moment the game kicks off, the manager is on at the ref. And you're thinking, just let the the kid ref the game. Yeah. I think I told you the other week we played this friendly 2-0. We lost and the referee was appointed by the club we played and the manager spent the whole game having a go at him about all the decisions mm-hmm. to the point that he gave a penalty against us because the, the manager went berserk and then he, it was a delayed reaction. He gave the penalty after the manager had a go at him. And it was, the, to me, the manager was influencing the referee all through yeah. the game and it, and it left a pretty nasty taste in the mouth to the point when we walked off, all the parents started saying to me, what, what was going on with that guy? What was, his, what was his problem? You know, and it's kind of, I don't like that. At all, yeah, yeah. Avoid... And like I said, I spoke to the ref after the game on Sunday because I thought I'm not going to have a go at him during the game. I mean, I did, I did sort of shout, "How's he supposed to get out of the way of that or something?" But I didn't have a go at him, ref. What are you doing? That's ridiculous, you know. Yeah, I just said after the game, that was a bit harsh, wasn't it? He couldn't get out of the way, sort of thing. And he actually apologised and said, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought he unboard it. Maybe I wasn't 100 percent sure." I was like, well, fair play to you for apologising. You know, at least you sort of recognise you maybe got it wrong. But, yeah, it's a, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I might have mentioned this before, that there's one moment, and, and it's not that bad, but I don't feel particularly proud about it. 
but we were playing a team who basically went 4-0 up against us. Uh, all pretty quick, soft goals within about uh, the first 15 minutes or something. And then we got one back just before half time, And then we got a couple more back uh, in the second half. So it was 4-3. And I thought, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to draw. Now, at the under-10s levels, they're not rigid um, about, you know, what a handball is. Although it sounds like your guy in the tournament is. <laughs> but, but generally for the matches, it's kind of like, you know, it has to be absolutely deliberate for it yeah, to be a, a free kick. Now, there was one that was deliberate. So the ball was bouncing around their box. So we were attacking. And the kids basically, like, imagine you, your hands in a fist and she's yeah. hit the top of the ball. <laughs> you know, to to bat and then kicked it out. Yeah. So that happened once, and I was like, oh, "Right, right, bite my lip, bite my lip, just leave it." But it happened the second time, and I, I just couldn't help it. I blurted out, "Handball!" <laughs> <laughs> because it, it it was so blatant, and it's the fact that it had already happened before. Yeah. But then as soon as I, as soon as I, you know, and I'd said it so loud, like everyone stopped playing pretty much. And then I was like, oh, what an idiot. What an absolute tool. <laughs> but it, was still, it still should have been a penalty, but yeah. I, I, sh- I shouldn't have shouted out like that. But I think it's hard not to though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, I probably would have done that. I probably have done that. It's hard not to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like when you, you've you got what your rational mind keeps telling you that you need to do. But that was just completely involuntary. It was like a spasm almost that just uh, that just leaped out there before I could catch it and shove it back in my mouth. Yeah, I think I need to... I need to probably calm down a bit on the touchline. I think my, my rational side of my head just disappears when we start playing. I don't... I can't... I do try, but... I don't know. I found myself on Sunday getting quite carried, quite carried away emotionally. It was difficult. Maybe that's a tournament <laughs> format that does that. I don't know. But luckily, it's, it didn't extend to having a go at the ref. But I did find myself, you know, doing things that I thought I'd calm down a bit, and it was kind of, you know, I got caught up in the whole emotion of it. I think. But it's it's hard to be Doctor Spock on the on the yeah. sidelines, though, isn't it? You know, of course it is. Course it is. Um, especially in a tournament because it's kind of competitive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you want to win it. So, and every, all of them, you know, it's not just me. I, I looked at every single coach there and they're all the same. All exactly the same, you know. Maybe some bit more, a bit more rough around the edges than others in terms of how they play <laughs> the players. But, um, yeah. So, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but uh, when was it? I must have been about 18 or something. And I was playing up, um, this was a pre-season game, um, and I, I was playing for, um, for Prescott Cables just in, the, just in the pre-season, and they were trying out, setting up a new youth team. Yeah. And we went to play a friendly up on this, up on this big old park in Kirby, which is basically like a, a suburb of Liverpool. Yeah. Really quite rough, <laughs> to be honest. I've heard of it. And we were at half time in our game, and so I just looked. I just started watching on the on the pitch next to us. But the pitch next to us wasn't a youth team game. It was a your proper Sunday league, full of absolute Kirby meatheads. Who'd been on the boozer, yeah. And basically this massive centre-back who probably worked the doors or something the night before was just shouting at the referee, calling him all sorts and basically telling him, you know, in no uncertain terms after the game, we're going to sort it out. I was thinking, (laughs) so, so that was an epiphany for me because... I, I was never good. I was never good enough to get anywhere near professional football, but I was determined to try and to try and do it. So I, uh, it, it, I'd always had in my head, all right, if I keep working hard at it, I'll do it. But, but I just never had enough uh, 
talent to, to get anywhere near. But that, so, so if I was going to stay in the game, I'd have had to have played that level. Now, mm. at 18, I was probably about nine stone wet, you know, and I was yeah. looking at these blokes and thinking, you know what? I, 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 they'll just chew me up and spit me out, you know? It's, <laughs> I'm like, no, I think I'm done. You know, I, I'm not going to make it. I, I'm not going to carry on playing, quite honestly, because I, I can't physically compete with these with yeah. these guys. That's interesting. Yeah, what's the odds? You know, for a, if one of the kids are playing at a place when there's adult games, you know, you sort of walk walk past to the pitch, you see the adult games going on, and you just think, I don't think I could ever want to. I would ever want to play in those sort of games. I just don't think I would. I just don't think I'd enjoy it. Just some of the, you know, it's just still agricultural football and meatheads taking <laughs> out and appalling language. You just think, oh, I just can't be dealing with it. I'll stick to the kids' football. <laughs> well, I told, told you in the summer I, I played this, uh, this like charity day, this this football tournament. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all all kinds of different teams there and it, it was the first time for a long time that I'd actually played 11 aside and uh, the first game was playing and one lad had his had his leg broke in four places oh my god and you know it's one of those so <laughs> it was a, it was up by Milton Keynes there's uh you know it's not particularly close to a hospital so mm. basically that that pitch was out of it. it took took the ambulance like about an hour and a half to get there so, you know, no one could play on the pitch while this lad, this poor lad's just lay on the floor. And and like I say, it was, it was a challenge that, that was a proper leg breaker as well. And it, this was in a charity day. Oh, my God, that's bad. So, yeah, it was, it was another validation for me. It's like, yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm better on the coach's uh, sidelines at the minute. <laughs> But um, have you have have you? I didn't ask before. Have you had any um, any parents having to go at refs and that kind of thing this season, or is it probably, it's probably a bit different for the girls' game? I think it's it's a little bit more chilled out. So so the parents, you know, get quite vocal on the sideline, mm-hmm. but usually it's a, in a cheering sort of positive capacity. And there's been a few, you know, odd little shout outs and stuff like that not to the not directly to the referee just like shouts of bafflement <laughs> you know so um but no i i think the girls football is is probably not quite as bad to be honest yeah that's yeah i'll just ask cuz that's my that's kind of my impression from watching Evie's games it's all it's a lot more yeah a lot more encouragement type involvement from the parents rather than oh come on what you're doing get that you know that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah. it's definitely a bit more polite i think from what i've seen um and i can't even i couldn't even think of a referee any comment ever towards a referee from any of evie's games that i've seen at all so yeah it's probably different it's just different i think isn't it i think it is i mean i'm sure as the the girls get older and you get, it gets more and more competitive. That that might change, but right now, it, I think it is just a little bit, a little bit nice of a nicer environment. Quite honestly, yeah. So one thing I, I wanted to mention, and and I haven't honestly tried it out, but there is a grassroots reporter app that you can get, right? And so. It's it's not affiliated with us or, or anything like that. But literally, if you go on to the, uh, I, I, I don't know about Android, but if you go on to the iTunes store and type in Grassroots Report It, it's a very simple little app. And you can basically report negative behavior or positive behavior, mm-hmm. or you can report the uh, the performance of the referee as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, they're not a governing body or it's not part of the FA or anything, but they do say that they'll they'll raise it with the appropriate, you know, governing body. Okay. I, I've never found cause to use it myself, 
yeah. but you know just letting you know and obviously the listeners as well have a look for that app and you know i i've got it on my phone like I say I, i've just never actually used it no that's good to know i mean if yeah if something really horrendous happens in a game i would definitely go on and do something like that so so i think i think there's there's room for something a little bit in between as well because like your words there were if something horrendous happens well what if it's just you know it's just unsavory well that's what i mean it would have to be something that if i felt strongly enough about it and it felt not right then yeah obviously i would consider doing something about it. i mean i would probably report that to our our youth league that would be yeah portable um if something like that happened, because there is that forum for to go to them and discuss stuff. So yeah, but I, I mean, I would do I would do something about it if I felt strongly enough about it. And so, yeah, it's good. It's good to put that out there though, and bear that in mind. Yeah, like I say, I just think if it was if it wasn't on that horrendous scale, mm. but it was just something a bit unsavoury. I think it'd be interesting to track that data as well. Yeah, of course it would. Absolutely. Although with all this data privacy, who who knows, you know, do you have to walk over to them and say, look, you've been, you've been on at the referees from minute one. I find you a little bit of an unsavory character. I'm just about to send a little report off on your club. You know, is is that okay? (laughs) Can you sign this? (laughs) Like, yeah, how many emails about that blooming <laughs> stuff? Oh my god! Anyway, that's a different different story. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, referees. God bless them. I actually believe it or not, I actually quite enjoy doing the old refereeing for for a game. I don't mind doing it. I quite like it. But yeah, it soon maybe not as much after I've had a couple of people having a go at me. But. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that, that I can see the attraction in in doing it because my father in law is a referee, and he loves it. He does he does non league football. He does youth, he does youth academies, you know, like Fulham and stuff like that. So it's quite mm-hmm. a good look. Um, and he gets paid he gets paid for doing it, um, and he loves it. But he's quite firm, and he'll he'll book people for swearing at him and stuff like that. But yeah. one, I've only ever watched him do it once. Uh, playing at the, he was refereeing a game at the road from us so I went along and watched him I took the kids and so, honestly some of the language it was just unbelievable yeah unbelievable it was you know you FNC and all this and not yeah. necessarily him but he let, he let quite a lot of it go actually but I think if anybody swears directly at him he he, he, he tells me all the time he's, he's booked people twice in like 30 seconds because they you know, they'll swear at him and he'll say, any more, and I'm going to book you and send you off. And they do it straight away and he sends them off. He's done it a few times. And he, yeah. So, you know, it's quite bad. And I, look, I watched that game and I thought, well, oh, maybe it isn't such a good thing being a ref. Maybe I enjoy it because it's just kids football. But <laughs> Sunday park football, I just I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And of course, well, on a darker note, there was that footage the other week about that referee being attacked, which was pretty shocking. Yeah, so that that's what I was going to mention. I mean, uh, that that looked like so that that was from North London, wasn't it? And it looked yeah, like it sort of footage you see from South America, didn't it? You know, it was ridiculous. It just looked like a a pitch invasion. Yeah, and they were all after the ref. It was like a a sinister Benny Hill sort of thing. It was. It was. It was mental. I never seen anything like it. I mean, God. I don't even remember what decision he gave or whatever to 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 start that, but oh, it's madness, madness. So I mean, that's an extreme, but you can see. I guess you could almost see how it can get to that when you hear parents kicking off about stuff, and of course, then parents will start arguing with parents, and yeah, it can turn quite ugly. So you've got to try and. That's why I'm so strongly against giving referees grief, really, because mm-hmm. you've got to set an example. It's a difficult enough job. But on the flip side, they do have to learn, especially when they're young and they're trying to get better because you want to shield them from being in that situation where they're going to get a load of grief and abuse. But they've just got to learn to be strong with it, which is hard. But hopefully over time, you know, they'll um, they'll get better at it. But I think everyone's got an obligation to help them with that. Yeah. Coaches and 
you know, briefing the parents and stuff. And I'll probably do it next season. I will probably say, you know, there is going to be times when linesmen are doing funny business and this, that, and the other. But I said, I, I don't want, because at the end of the day, if 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 my my parents are complaining, are complaining, kicking off to the ref, we'll get reported and we'll get fined. Some of our teams have been fined this year because they've been complained about. So I don't, right. I don't want us to be in that position because that's not not great at all. Being hauled in and told, you know, you're you're getting fined X amount because you know you've been complained about to the Surrey Youth League for behaviour and all this sort of stuff. So everybody gets tarred with the same brush. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? My mind was just thinking back to Brian Clough. Brian Clough was a massive one for respecting the referees, wasn't he? Yeah. And I don't think it was because he was just a jolly nice bloke, (laughs) you know? I I think he thought (coughs) he'd get a little bit of an advantage with that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Whereas, you know... When you come towards the end of Cluffy's era, um, when sort of Forrest went down and, and you had Man United were awful for it, weren't they? Surrounding the referee yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's a lot better nowadays. But I remember for a few years, they, they seemed to be the kings of that and they, they didn't seem to do too badly out of, uh, out of bullying the refs. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? They clamped down on it, didn't they, a few years ago about surrounding the ref. I think it's crept back in. I don't, I don't think they deal with it as well as they should do, to be honest. I think you watch it now, you still see players surrounding the ref again. Yeah. I mean, they, at the start of the season, all the refs get, you know, a, a brief about what to clamp down on. And then the first few weeks, you know, they're really overzealous and everyone thinks, right, that's that's the bar now. That's how it's going to be. Yeah, no, you're right. And... um do you remember, um, what was his name? Kalina. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. A, what a referee. You never saw anybody argue with him. Yeah. He, he was so good and because he was so firm. I mean, God, when he made a decision, you just knew you wouldn't, you wouldn't mess with that guy. And he was the greatest referee I ever saw for respect. Just never saw anybody have a go at him. But didn't he, he retired, didn't he, over some sort of controversy with Everton? I, I seem to remember. He, I thought he retired because he wasn't allowed in Italy to ref past 45 or something, because they did talk about bringing him over here, because I think it was 50 over here at that time. And I remember them talking about him coming and refereeing in the Premier League. It never happened, but I think he only retired because he was he was too old to referee in Italy anymore. I think that was it. Right. I'll have to, I'll have to Google it. I, I'm sure there was something with Everton. I, I can't remember the details. But, well, if um, anybody knows, email us in grassrootscoachcast at gmail dot com. Well, if if I could if I could actually spell his name, I I could just Google it. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Perlugi Kalina. Have you googled it? Yeah. So anything? I don't remember that anything like that. But maybe you're right. Here we go. It's great podcast in this. So his well, final competitive yeah, game. A Champions League qualifier between Everton and Villarreal on the 24th of August was memorable for a controversy as he disallowed a late goal by Everton. I I like him even more. I shouldn't say that, should I? (laughs) No, we should. Let's not hide the fact that we're Liverpool fans and we're allowed to say that. Yeah, you've just read that off Wikipedia, haven't you? Because I've read it as well. Yeah. (laughs) God bless Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I remember that game because Everton got hammered, didn't they, and didn't qualify. <laughs> I, I remember that they went out um, because there was a big kind of uh, discussion about, you know, because Everton finished fourth, Liverpool finished fifth, but won the Champions League. Um, yeah. And, you know, in any other league in Europe, it would have been the, the Champions League winners, but you know, we, we'd sort of set out that the top four would go through, assuming that if one of the teams won the Champions League, they'd also be good enough to, to finish top four as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I couldn't remember the details, but I'd, I'd remembered it was something to do with, with That's Everton. Good. That's great memory. I don't remember that at all, but yeah, well done. <laughs> so, okay, so should we wrap it up there? Yeah, yeah, that has been. I've enjoyed that. It's been good. Good discussion that was. 
So, Ben, if someone wanted to get in touch with us, how would they get in touch with us? Yeah, so if you'd like to get in touch, we are on Twitter, at GRootsCoachCast, and uh, our email address is grassrootscoachcast. I did the, I did the Steve McLaren thing again. <laughs> it's the grassroots <laughs> coachcast. Most <laughs> money, Penny. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's like a cross between Sean Connery and Steve McLaren. <laughs> I don't know why I do it. I don't, I don't know why I do it. I think if I said it anywhere else, I'd say it grassroots coachcast. <laughs> Go on, let's do it again. (laughs) Yes, you want to get in touch with us on email, the address is grassrootscoachcast at gmail.com. So if you've got any feedback on the show or anything you think we should discuss or any of your own thoughts, yeah, please drop us a line. And I'll just give a quick plug for one already live podcast and one soon-to-be-live, hopefully, podcast. So... We've also got a, another podcast called Chat Footy Gossip. So this is more around, uh, mainly centered around the, the English Premier League, but looking down the leagues as well and further afield and just looking at daily transfer speculation and gossip. So if you head across, have a look on iTunes, Stitcher, all your major podcast platforms. You can also go to Twitter, and that is Chat Footy Gossip. And give us a follow. And if you've got any interesting transfer gossip, then give us a shout. Also, we're looking to put, uh, we need to organize this one, but we're looking to put together a, a separate podcast just around the World Cup. And so that'll be kicking off next week. And so we'll need to get our finger out and, and start organizing what we're going to do. We're still discussing what the format will be. Um, initially I was thinking daily, but I think that might be a bit ambitious. (laughs) So maybe, maybe every two to four days or something like that. And we'll have hopefully Ben and I, and, and there'll be a few other podcasters on there just talking through the different games and, uh, what our perspectives are. Sounds good. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be good. And, uh, Thinking back to when we started off this particular project, so I'd said, you know, every single tournament that England are in, you know, at some point when England get knocked out, the media will go on about grassroots football. And so it'll be interesting to see how England does in in this one. I'm actually cautiously optimistic, but then I always am. So... (laughs) Yeah, we all we all always are. Yeah, so I I just think it, it's a crying shame to be honest that Oxley Chamberlain uh, couldn't make it because I thought he was transforming into a, an, an amazing player, quite honestly. And now I just look at the midfield and I, I wonder kind of where the dynamism is. And you know, I think Sterling's a a great great player. Genuinely, I, I think he's a great player. But if we're relying on him finishing any chances, you know, and being clinical, we're stuffed. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah, you're right. There's nobody. Oh, there's not that X factor in midfield. I don't think. Unfortunately, that's the problem. The one thing I'd, that is good is is old Southgate likes picking young players. I, I quite like that about him. Yeah, I agree. I've never been that convinced about him as a manager, but I quite like the fact he's. He's done the under-21s and he's kind of got the approach of, well, I know what you can do. You're quite young. I'm still going to put you in, which is great. I'd rather that than, you know, you go back to the old the old favourites every every blooming week, you know. I mean, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit disappointed Danny Welbeck's in there, but then there's nobody else, is there? We've got no strikers, so. Um, yeah. I, I thought th- there was a time, you know, when he first went to Arsenal, I, I thought Welbeck looked like he could actually step up a level, you know, having got out of his sort of comfort zone at United. Yeah. But he's he's just really hasn't kicked on, has he? No, he's just, he's not England class, I don't think. But I, know, I can see why he's picked him, because he's a bit versatile, he works hard. It's not very inspiring qualities, is it really? But, you know... I suppose there's only so many people you can pick they haven't got anybody else so. I mean if Harry Kane gets injured we're stuffed aren't we yeah, I think it's worth thinking about so yeah 
let's see yeah yeah okay well thanks for listening thank you and Ben we'll speak again next week we will it's been emotional emotional